Welcome to Parent Talk Podcasts, where experienced parents and expert guests give tips and tricks on making parenting a breeze. Well, at least a little easier. Now here is your host, Genevieve Kyle, and co-host, Heather Fox. Hi everyone and welcome to Parent Talk, broadcasting out of the greater Vancouver area. We're here to inform, educate and support parents from the early years and beyond. I'm your host, Genevieve Kyle. I am 42 and I am a busy mommy of two, Alexandre who is two and Nathan who is less than one year old. Today we're talking about raising a transgender child. Let's go around the table and introduce ourselves. Hi everyone, I'm Heather Fox. I'm the co-host of Parent Talk. I am 41 years old. I have a son named Hudson and he's two years old and I'm also expecting baby number two. Hi everyone, I am Ruby. I'm a 33-year-old mom and I live in the greater Vancouver area with my two children. I am the co-creator of a podcast called The Gender Diaries, whereby myself and my partner Lucy talk about raising our sons who identify as transgender. My oldest will be referred to in this podcast as Z for his name and he him pronouns even when speaking about him in the past tense. He is five. My younger son I will refer to in this podcast as T and he is two and a cisgender boy as far as I know. Well, thank you, Ruby, and thank you, Heather, for being here today. Ruby, your son was born in a female body. I would like it if you could share your story with us. Sure. Yeah. So uh, from a very early age, we had a feeling that our child was not comfortable in the body that they have <laughs> from birth. So um, at age two that's where he first started asking questions about his body. And um, I think the first time he ever said anything, we were in the bath actually. And he said, uh, why, why do I have a vagina if I'm a boy? He was two and a half at the time. And I remember looking over at my husband and we were like, did you hear that? And He was like, yeah. So we both kind of stored that in our memory bank. And over time, little things like that just popped up every once in a while. I remember for his fourth birthday, uh, when we were choosing things to have at his party, he asked if he could have a birthday boy badge instead of a birthday girl badge. And I thought, okay, that's different for sure. And, you know, there's little, little things like that. I remember the first time that I thought that I knew for sure that I was going to be raising a transgender child. And I actually wrote it down in a diary. It was August, 2017, and he was four. And I said, today is the day I think I know I have a transgender son. And I remember holding him in our backyard, just, he was cuddled into me that day and, um, was just, yeah, he was just a really extra cuddly. We're in our garden and he was sucking his thumb, which is something that he still does at five. And I whispered in his ear because I just, 
had a feeling there was a whole bunch of things that had happened lately. And I said, if you want to be a boy, that would be okay with mommy. I just want you to know that if that's what you feel in your heart, that would be okay. And he said, do boys suck their thumbs, mom? (laughs) And I said, yeah, they do. And he said, then I definitely want to be a boy. And over the summer, when he turned five, that's where we socially transitioned with him. There was a lot of anxiety that summer and so many experiences that really shouldn't be affecting a young child like they were, just getting ready for preschool in the morning, daycare, getting dressed, social interactions with friends. It was just becoming so obvious that our child would be much more comfortable living full-time, expressing themselves as a boy. So Ruby, after uh, that story you just told us, how were people's initial reactions? Yeah, so we had a lot of different reactions to socially transitioning with Z. So there were different people who learned about this change in a variety of different ways. I think the first people we shared with were our families. So, and that, and that came out in a, in a number of different ways, really. There was a slow evolution over time. Like we said, you know, we were starting to experience things at two and then again at three and four and all these little clues along the way, like that we were eventually going to walk this road. And we had been sharing these with our families, but I think as a parent to a child like this, you're going to store these kind of memories quite differently than someone who is just learning of this information from a a more distanced place like our parents and our siblings, for argument's sake, I guess I would say. And uh, their initial reactions were not great on my side of the family. My parents were really overwhelmed, really shocked, really uh, fearful for the future, for our child, for our family. I think there is a big change in learning of this information from their generation. They would have, in their words, dealt with this in a different way um, than we were approaching. So we've decided to take a gender-affirming model of care with our child, which means affirming the gender that he's most comfortable in at all times and being open to him changing his pronoun um, if he ever feels like he and him are not the correct pronouns for him at that particular time. And that gender affirming model really recognizes that gender is a spectrum and an evolution that can change throughout one's lifetime. And for our parents, their initial reactions were just like, well, no, you had a girl, it's a female body. Uh, you have a girl child, not to alarm you guys, but you should probably figure out what else is going on in a psychological place that your child is so upset um, being a girl. There has to be something else. There has to be a bigger problem. Is it jealousy? Is it extreme jealousy of their little brother, you know, there's got to be something else going on here. There's no way that you could know this young, this early that you have a transgender child. So my parents' initial reactions were 
something along the lines of that. My sister's reaction was quite similar, which surprised me. I was quite taken aback by her reaction. I thought that she, being the same generation as me, being mid-30s, like we would be on the same page as to what I was experiencing. And that was really not the case. Um, but I see now they've, my whole family has come around and they're now extremely supportive and they are allies to our family and have put in the work to learn what they needed to learn and process what they needed to process to become good grandparents in this scenario, good aunt and uncle in this scenario. They needed time to process that information and actually happened really quickly. They realized that they needed to get some information really quickly and they did. But uh, yeah, my sister's initial reaction, I remember she said, I don't know if I will ever forgive the fact that you did this at five to your child as if it was my thing to do, (laughs) which it was not. And I feel a little bit guilty throwing my family under the bus. And I hope that if they hear this and they know that this is me because I'm not using my real name, that they will understand. I think it's important for other families to hear that not everyone has a positive reaction right out of the gate. Not everything is all love, love, love. Not everything is all acceptance. And uh, even here in Vancouver, which is a super trans-forward city, I would say the people who got us through those early weeks and months were or early days, the, the moments that were actually day-to-day, breath-to-breath, which in the beginning it was, were our neighbors and our friends the people that we see more often, our chosen family, I guess you would say, they did not think we were crazy. They were very much supportive, very much on side. They were like, yeah, okay, cool. I remember one of my friends said to me, just let us know when we're changing pronouns. This is before we had changed from she, her pronouns to he, him. Uh, They planted that seed before I had even got there because they could see that that was coming and I was not there yet. And I was like, whoa, should I be there? (laughs) Should I be processing that information? And another friend actually was someone else who planted the seed of him starting elementary school, starting kindergarten as a boy named Z rather than a girl child. And I, I was like, okay, yeah, I got to figure that out. Are we doing that? You know, is that a thing that we're doing? It was other friends within the LGBTQ community, I think, that were a lot more versed in gender issues, sexual identity, orientation issues that, or feelings that were able to guide us more at that time. So those were some people's initial reactions. School reaction, great. Daycare reaction, no problem. (laughs) They actually could see how upset he was um, getting into a bathing suit at daycare and stuff like that. That's quite something, yeah. 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 So Ruby, how was your initial reaction like as a mom? I think I did see this coming. Like I said, I've always known that there would be a transition at some point in our lives. Like I, I really felt that from two. 
I remember thinking, (laughs) I remember hearing about transgender people and being like, I should probably pay more attention to what's happening there because that might be my life. I think when I realized that we were making all these changes, um, you know, I said to Genevieve before, sorry, do you say your name more French than that? (laughs) (laughs) Genevieve is good. (laughs) Okay. I said like when we were on the train to Boytown, like we were on the train to Boytown and it was like a bullet train. So as soon as we, you know, our little one cut his hair and everyone else started to use he, him pronouns. It was on like, I could not stop it. We would be out in the playground. We would be at the park. People would be like, oh, your son or he or him. And I'd be like, uh, at first I'd be correcting their pronouns. Like, oh no, it's actually she or her. And then I asked Z is that what you want? Do you want mommy to be doing that? Do you want mommy to be correcting pronouns? And he was like, no, I like he, I like him. I want to be a he and him. I am a boy and was just so clear, so consistent and persistent that I don't think I really even had a moment to think about how I felt through that whole process. It consumed every minute of my day to learn as much about gender as I possibly could. I went on a serious gender 101 discovery. I read like three books in the span of a week, probably. Did you sleep? (laughs) No, I didn't. No, yeah. (laughs) I didn't sleep. I watched like documentary after documentary and people were sending me really heartwarming, gender affirming stories, like from YouTube and from, you know, other more public transgender celebrities or their children or whatever. And that was what I was consuming at that time. It was just like nonstop consumption to try to wrap my head around. Now I have to be an ally for my son and whether I like it or not, he's now in one of the most vulnerable populations of society that there is. So I have to defend him. Like I will full on mama bear till the end of time for this kid. So I was really just focused on that. And I think my initial reaction was just, okay, this is our life now. This is what we're doing. We're a family with two boys. And I think I've only been living like this for three months. And I think there's still a lot of emotional weight and processing to do. And I think you both know as a busy mom of two, you don't really have a moment to stop and be like, what do I think about this? Whenever I have those moments, I write them down. I have written almost 20,000 words in three months, just what I've experienced with him. Yeah, I can imagine. Did you grieve the loss of your daughter? I really did not. I think a lot of people do, so I don't want to discount other families' experiences. I know that just like no two transgender people will have the same story, we all, all of our children will have a different story, have their own story, and I think that all parents and family members will have their own process of moving through this experience. But for me personally, I really did not grieve having a daughter. I have never been a very traditional gender stereotype person. So 
I already knew, like, I thought I had a tomboy, right? I thought I ha- was raising a tomboy this whole time. And I mean, it's hard, right? Because I was a complete little tomboy when I was younger. Yeah. I know, Heather, you were saying everything I'm was girly pink. girl all the way through. <laughs> yeah. From the get-go. So, so yeah, you means nothing, yeah. right? No. Yeah, I think, well, that's like all gender expression stuff, right? How we present ourselves to the world. And so for me living with this child, you know, he loved skating and he loved hockey and he's super athletic and he's the one who's skiing and are doing the monkey bars and, you know, all these hates coloring, hates beading, (laughs) like the more traditional feminine things. He never had a part for them. And so in my mind, I'd I wasn't raising a girl anyway. I don't know if that makes sense, but I was just raising my kid who at that time was H and is now Z. I think like what you're saying, I think some people who were of course not aware of like not close to these situations, Mm -hmm. I think sometimes they feel like you almost have like a girly girl and literally one day it changes and it's not like that. As you said, there were signs yeah. Right? It's for not me, like one day all of a sudden it's personality, everything changed. No. And no. I, I mean, maybe people do have that experience. Maybe, yeah. uh, but for us, it was not like that. So, you know, gender is made up of these three pieces. And if they fit together, then they fit together. So, right, there's like your sex is assigned at birth. And then there's your gender identity, which is what you feel in your heart and what you identify with if you're male or female or other. And then there's the gender expression, which is how you present to the world. So, you know, male, female, or other. And there's this wide variety of of what it can be. So I had a child who was assigned female at birth whose gender expression was masculine, whose gender identity I thought was female, But once he actually had the words to say what it was in his heart, it's, I am a boy. And I actually was asking him about that last night because we're going to the dentist with him on Friday. And the last time that we were at the dentist, it was prior to transition and he had a horrible time, but it was actually a really upsetting time in his life. He was upset all the time, just not having a good day ever. I thought maybe my child has some other kind of, you know, are we on the autism spectrum? Like there just, is there some other disability here? Why so much anxiety? Why so much social struggle um, and meltdowns? And so we went to the dentist and the last time it didn't go very well. They, he didn't let them in their, his mouth at all. He was at that time so uncomfortable, I think in his own skin and he was wearing a hat every day. He wore a hat every day for two weeks and he had it like the one that covered your ears even so you can't see the hair at all. That was what hat he wanted to wear for weeks. And so anyway, I brought it up to him last night. I said, so we're going to the dentist on Friday and the last time that you were there, it didn't go very well. And are you going to be more cooperative this time? Or is there anything that mommy can do to help you prepare for going to the dentist? And he was like, yeah, I wasn't having a very good time that time. And I said, yeah, that was when we were calling you H and 
using the pronouns she and her. And he's like, yeah, I, I really didn't like that. That didn't, that didn't feel good for me. That wasn't me. And I said something like, well, when did you know that, that you were a boy? Like, have you always known and you just weren't able to tell us? And he said, yeah, I just didn't have the words, but now I have the words. So I can tell you that I, I am a boy in my heart. You know, there's things like that, that he's really aware emotionally of everything. And it's pretty affirming for me. And I know not every parent has the same story as me, but. In our French edition, I have interviewed someone with basically the same story as you. So it's the second time I'm hearing it, but is it the other way around, right? Yeah. So it's a, a little boy that now it's a she and she picked her name and now she's completely flourishing. Mm -hmm. And um, so when you talk, I can like, it's like, oh my gosh, right? I really feel it. Yeah. And um, there's a big message there. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you have for us, right? Yeah. Well, I can think back to just to go along with that story of the other person you interviewed, I can think back on all the times where I was actually squashing this, but I didn't know it at the time. I thought I was being super progressive. I thought I was really open and raising this, you know, Tom boy. I thought I was being all those things, but I can actually look back and see how he was asking for more. And I was saying no, because fear of judgment of other people and you know, what will people think if my daughter is wearing that? You know, what will people think if all of a sudden they have a short haircut? You know, what will other people think was the fear that was stopping me from moving forward? But if I could have seen how positive it would be for our family to socially transition, if I could see after Like if I could have a crystal ball or like a magic wand to actually see what the future looks like, that would be really cool. But for Z, it was huge. It was like we couldn't even get out of the door in the morning without a meltdown. And now he looks in the mirror and he's like, I look good. I think in sharing a bigger message, the what I'd like people to know is that this gender identity piece is really personal to everyone. And I think that if we give people the opportunity to speak about how they feel and really be open and really listening and accepting, definitely that's the first part. But I don't think as allies to transgender people or even anyone in the LGBTQ community, we that's really doing an enough. I think we need to be having conversations like this and supporting people wherever they're at on the gender identity spectrum, even introducing yourself or, you know, what your pronouns of choice are can go a really long way in helping somebody else open up and feel comfortable in a space. And if you meet someone and you're unsure you know, what pronouns should I be using for that person? It's okay to ask for a lot of people or say, 
you know, for example, at my local coffee shop, I have someone who uses they, them pronouns. And when I first met them, I didn't know necessarily what to say, but as I was visiting over and over and over, I'm like, I got to know, you know, I have to know what I should be referring to them as. And I said, you know, I noticed you're kind of gender creative. I too have a child who is somewhat gender creative. Can I ask you what your pronouns are? And they were so happy to have heard that and to say, yeah, I use the pronouns they and them. And this is what um, my identity is or my message. So I guess just being talking about gender as being more than male, female, thinking about opportunities where you can give people the option of male, female, other, prefer not to say, unsure in when they're ticking a box that is so incredibly helpful for someone who is experiencing life like me and my child. And if someone ever says to you in a context of like, you're working in a, as a medical professional or you're a teacher or a counselor, and they are trying to lead you down this road, just really be open. The number of people I've had to spell out in the last three months of, he's a transgender boy. I feel like I shouldn't, I dream of a day where I don't have to do that, even, you know, to medical professionals, for example. I think there should be a general awareness of there are people living in this world who identify as a gender different from what's on their birth certificate and let's give them space because they're people, they're humans in our world and they deserve love and respect and to go through every day without pain and misunderstanding, I suppose. Well, thank you, Ruby, for sharing this. I think definitely I'm a dental hygienist myself and I can see how they can make any medical questionnaire so much easier mm -hmm. if we just start there, right? And any form we have to fill or, yeah, be, be forward, ask. Mm -hmm. Like, do I say she or do I say he? Yeah, some people use the pronouns they and them. So, yeah, yeah I think just ask, right? Do I say she or do I say he? And, yeah, be okay with it. Mm -hmm. And because when people ask you this, you, you prefer that question than you having to actually... Yeah, I mean, I'm getting pretty good at leading now, but, you know, even I think there's such a limited awareness. I mean, the estimate is that there's only one to two percent of people are transgender and even it could be more people just not identifying as transgender on any form for fear of not getting a job or fear of being attacked. There are so many different reasons why someone might not identify, uh, But the fact is there's just not enough awareness. But changing a simple question on a form, I think, makes a big difference. Yeah. Yeah. Heather, I think you're ready for a card. I'm ready. Are you guys ready? Go for it. <laughs> Okie dokie. <laughs> This seems kind of appropriate. What fear would you like to conquer? <laughs> oh, man. I don't have... I, You don't I, have fear anymore. <laughs> no, I do. Uh, I don't have a lot of fears, really. <laughs> I think nothing is coming to mind, which sounds so ridiculous. Like, do I really not have a fear? Like, I'm not afraid of the things that most people are, like public speaking or, you know, those like stereotypes. Spiders. Yeah, spiders, no... 
Heather's raising ra- Heather's <laughs> raising, raising your hand, hand here. <laughs> okay, go for it. <laughs> oh my god, well, I have all the stereo. I'm a total stereo. No, I don't. I will speak, and I'm totally fine with. But spiders. Yeah, no, that's not good. But that's not, like, it doesn't affect my life. Spiders, being afraid of spider doesn't have an effect, right? So when we talk about wanting to conquer a fear, I think for me, um, it's actually my fear of like needles and medical things because that does affect my life. And the way I can take care of I've been trying to get myself. Heather to the dentist no. since two years. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's sad because as a child, I had no fear. And it wasn't until, unfortunately, I'm had a bad experience and everything went downhill from there and uh, it's hard and you know what i totally yeah i understand that i yeah i've i had I have, two bad experiences yeah. one with a nurse getting a blood test and one with a dental hygienist and yeah i was hard yelled after. at for flinching and it would just it just both those two experiences happened around the same time and ever since then needles and dentists i am like I'm so done with it. like I'm it's terrible but um like to the point where even like with my pregnancy right now um I've avoided most blood work because I'm that scared of needles I have massive panic attacks and the anxiety and the panic that comes over I feel is more detrimental to me and my body and the stress that happens that I like yeah we don't need the results right now we'll wait later <laughs> like yeah yeah like so that is definitely a fear that I would like to one day <laughs> but anyways, it doesn't happen overnight. <laughs> I'm a little bit more like you, Ruby. I don't have a lot of fear, but um, I'm really clear in my life that I want to empower people. I want to, what like we're doing the podcast right now, it's bigger than me. The message is there. But for me, that comes with conquering the fear of my English is not my first language. Am I going to say things right? Am I going to... All this like doubting yourself, looking good, ego, like all this thing like had and is still showing up all the time and I have to fight it all the time. Yeah. But my mission is bigger than the fears. Mm-hmm. So I choose at every episode to give it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it, this is really real for me. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yeah. I'm trying to think like, I'm sure there's things that I am fearful of. I'm just like, nothing's, yeah, nothing's coming to mind. I mean, I have certainly head games like you are saying, like things to do with my life as an entrepreneur too, that I guess fears, not fear of failure, Yeah, a little bit of that, I guess, because my financial goals with my company are now much bigger than they were. And there is certainly a fear of not reaching those, I guess. So, yeah, overcoming fears related to finances, I think. (laughs) Actually, I've avoided, that's a good one. I avoid finances at all costs, but I've learned (laughs) that I don't have... But I can't do that if I yeah. actually want to be successful. Yeah. So, Well, that concludes today's episode. Thank you, Ruby and Heather, for taking the time to be here today for your contribution into other parents' lives, helping us be the best parents we can be. For our listeners, if you have a question you would like to join us on our show as a guest or as an expert, please visit the Contact Us section on our website at parenttalk.ca. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Podbean, or you can subscribe directly to this podcast on our website 
at parenttalk.ca so you don't miss an episode of Parent Talk. If you have a mini minute, I want to hear what you think. Please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Remember, there's nothing more powerful than feeling supported by a community of parents and sharing your thoughts, ideas, and experiences. Parent Talk is a safe space for everyone. Thank you so much for being here and listening to us, and have a great week. The views and or opinions of the host and their guests are not necessarily those of Parent Talk and should not be considered as fact. The information offered is believed to be accurate but is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice and should not be used for diagnosing or treating any health issue or prescribing medication. If you have any questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your child, please seek assistance from a qualified healthcare practitioner.